Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. Well, Derek, tis that time of year. It is. It's the crossover season. It is, and it's 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 tough because uh, you're just in the uh, right now. I'm in the mode of trying to reorganize all of my summer stuff, and I've got to put everything away. And I, I'm I I got my camp stove out for winter camping and boy is it ever rusty i gotta sand the thing down and paint it with high heat paint and it's just i'm sort of in the middle of in flux i have crap everywhere <laughs> <laughs> let's just put it that way i got winter stuff i got summer stuff it's just oh man. it's tough to focus on a specific season at this time mm-hmm. of year because you're 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 Summer camping is behind you. You're all done with that. So you're you're not really thinking that. You're sort of thinking of winter, but then you have to think about summer because it's like, well, I was looking at my, uh, I had left my water filter out to dry on on top of my kitchen cabinet. And so it, I keep looking at it for the last week. It's like, I got to put that thing away. Yeah, you won't be using it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I leave it there just to remind me that I have to organize all of my summer stuff. I have to put stuff away. I have to organize. And it's just, it's, uh, it's one of those things I keep procrastinating on. It's, and it's, I, it's the same thing every, every fall, every, every shoulder season, you know, it's just the temperature's just starting to hit zero. We're just, what, last weekend we had some hail and I saw some snow there one morning and so it's just, we're just starting to get to that cusp of winter and I want to be excited about, you know, winter kayaking and winter, you know, sledding and camping and, you know, stuff like that. So I I just, uh, (laughs) it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Like I've got, I mean, everything's still open, so you can still go canoeing and kayaking and stand up paddle boarding and all that. Yes. With precautions. Yeah. But the snow's not here yet. You get, no, you get the minus just, temperatures, but you don't get yeah. the snow yet. And everything's brown and bare, so it's yeah. not pretty anymore. That you, sucks. So it's it's that point where all the green is gone, so it's like, oh, it's kind of ugly. So we need that layer of snow to go, oh, I got to go for a paddle today. Spring, <laughs> summer, fall, ugly, winter, ugly, spring. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I see how that works now. <laughs> There's two extra seasons, two ugly seasons in there. Hard water season is approaching. Yeah, I'm uh, in the middle of cleaning up, as you can see, this big massive pile behind you there. Um, get my summer stuff slowly put away, but there's a couple things I use all year round, so I got to keep those separate. And like I say, getting the I actually got the the winter tent in there that I'm pulling out, and got to make sure I got all my stakes and ropes and the 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 stove. I got to do my uh, preseason burn on it and stuff like that. Cause if you oil it up, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, over the summer, so it doesn't rust and whatnot, then you got to burn that off. Cause you don't want to do that in the tent. Did you get the heating tank for your stove when you bought no. it? You didn't buy that. No, you? somebody, I, I was contemplating getting it. Uh, I got the shelf that sits on one side. Yeah. So it transfers the heat so I can put a pot of water on there and it'll okay. stay warm. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit more than just warm, but yeah. you know, uh, but the hot water tank I, I was going to get, and somebody says, no, don't get it because it has a tendency to burn out or rust out or something oh, yeah? like that. Yeah. Huh. So like I say, I mean, if it's just a matter of, if I'm out for the day, my stove's going to burn down anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's, it's going to go out. So there's no sense in having that hot water tank on the side because then 
when I come back, if I want a hot chocolate, I got to wait for that big tank <laughs> to warm up. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to sticking a little pot on the top mm -hmm. with some water in it. Yeah. That'll warm up faster because that's going to be cold just like the stuff in the hot water tank yeah. is going to be cold, right? If I keep water in that because if it freezes while I'm out for the day. Oh, exactly. But realistically, it and, shouldn't, but. And it, chances are your stove is just, it's just metal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So a tank would rust on the inside. Yeah. Unless you got a stainless steel tank. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's made out of, but yeah, I, I, I bailed on that option. Yeah. This is a bit expensive too, so. Hmm. Um, and like I say, it takes up that little bit extra room at the side. Yeah. I I can just stick a pot on the top yeah, of the stove exactly. just as yeah. easily. So yeah. I know a few people have got it, got it and they're, oh yeah, this is great because I can just, while we're sitting here and the stove's going, we're inside. Oh, you know what? I want something to drink. Just yeah. turn the little tap, and then you got your hot water for your coffee, tea, hot chocolate, whatever, right? But if it's always heating your water, I I would think it might just taste burned because it's constantly heating. You're, <laughs> you're, you know what I mean? Like you know that hot. We, we used steam. to joke to a guy, dude, you could burn water. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. The water does get a, the Taste. wrong flavor because what you end up doing is if it constantly sits there and boils. The mineral content just increases and the the moisture content. You know what I mean? It, just, yeah. it boils down and you get a lot of mineral content, so it tastes more metallic-y. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't get that. Um, but yeah, you know what? Like I got the I got the stove out, so you, like I say, you got to do the, the, the pre-burn before because yeah. you don't want to do that inside your tent. No. <laughs> that's just you no. know, causing issues. Um, what else? I got my fire extinguisher and I haven't gone the route of the carbon monoxide fire thingy detector. <laughs> lot, yeah. You know, you get, it is you get the, the, the fire extinguisher in there just in case. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I have? I've, I've got the thermometer that sits on the, um, stove pipe. So that's me. Okay. Know yeah. Yeah. Optimal burn that sort. But I haven't actually got myself an outdoor thermometer. Oh, that okay. shows how cold yeah. it is outside. It is handy. Yeah, I know uh, Marcus Rabino, Mark in the Park, uh, he had one that would show you overnight, this is as cold, here's the, con the, the temperature oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it yep. would tell you, tell you how cold mm -hmm. it actually got overnight. Yeah. Right? So the coldest temperature it reached mm -hmm. or hottest, whatever. Yeah. Um, it would, it would show you that. But uh, yeah, I've, I've got to get one of those and throw it outside sort of deal and say, oh, that's what it's outside today going to freeze our <laughs> duties off and whatnot. I am thinking of getting, have you seen those ski sleds things? They use them over the in like three Norway. Ski things? No, they're, it's, it's like a, uh, like a dog sled sled. Oh, 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 oh. Right. But somebody sits in it and the other person sits on the thing and pushes with yeah, their foot. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, uh, John, John Bublik. Yeah. From Backcountry Custom Canoes yeah. makes them. Uh, I was, I've seen other ones as well. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking about picking one of those <clears throat> up and giving one of those a whirl. I wonder, I, I keep meaning to contact him about that because uh, I think it'd be great for the kids to push them around up at like, you know, go up to Mew Lake. I, I think you'd have to definitely be on a groom trail. See, you got that backwards. This is where you sit in it <laughs> and you get one pushing <laughs> and one pulling. There you go. <laughs> I'm taking the kids for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife's happy. You're happy. Kids, who cares? <laughs> That's a beauty idea, but my kids are too young. They're still very whiny. <laughs> uh -huh. I don't want to go yet. <laughs> but yeah, I, I keep meaning to contact him to buy one of those sleds. 
I, I keep forgetting until you just mention it now. I don't even know how much he sells them for, but uh, yeah, I was thinking about one of those. Uh, we got the we got everything else to go with right now, and um, I got these little clips to hold my wood floor together. The different panels. Oh yes, yes, your, my your wood floor, your wood floor for your tent. You know, got that uh, all together. Did there, you get so. any? Uh, did you do hardwood or did you get any uh, peel and stick floor tiles? No, or? no. You know, I was thinking of that, but. <laughs> In the winter, if it gets cold, if a little bit of water gets on there and it freezes, yeah. then you're going ass over tea kettle, right? And uh, yeah, oh, no, I'm just, we also talked about you photo printing a hole in the ground over the, the floor, <laughs> like a wine cellar <laughs> basement this way. Yeah. <laughs> nah, no, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yet, yet, maybe New Year's or something. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we might take the, depending on what it's going to do this weekend, we might, uh, it's supposed to go a little bit zip uh, below zero there. Yeah, so. I think you said it might snow on Sunday yeah. or something. Now we're heading up to Mew Lake. Uh, Mew Lake does a Halloween yeah, thing every year. Yeah, right? Halloween in the park or something. Yeah, so if the little kids, are, they have a con- costume contest and the little kids come from site to site and you give them some candy and, you know, that yep. sort of stuff. So uh, we're going to go up for the weekend and if it's... If you know there's going to be snow, then I think uh, I'll take the uh, the Esker tent there, yeah, the winter tent. And if it's not, if the weather changes and it's going to be kind of nice, then mm-hmm. I'll just take the Marmot limelight with me and deal with that. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, up in the air. I mean, we're only doing one night, so it's kind of a big. Oh, thing only one night, up. eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, Tracy's working until <clears throat> so Friday. The, is so. it a Saturday? Is the Halloween in the park or yeah. Halloween in Mew? So we'll go up, we'll do a trail first thing, then go, we'll set up our tent. And this way we can make sure it's all working before. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a uh, early trial yeah. for the winter. And that way, I looked at getting one of those uh, disco beds. D-I-S-C-O beds. So it's the bunk, bunk bed, bed thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fold down into all these little pieces. So I could carry it in a little case. Yeah. But then you put it out. And instead of having two cots side by side or, you know, one on against one wall, one against the yeah. other, it's bunk beds. Yeah. So one's, I think, 11 inches off the ground and the bottom of the top bunk is 32 inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. So and not they, too high. Not too high. No. Yeah. No. And, you know, low enough that at nights when, when you got the hot stove going, I can just reach out. And if I got some wood stuffed underneath already... I just reach under the bottom bunk where I'm be sleeping mm-hmm. and I just, there you go. Perfect. The, 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 yeah. the stove's like a, an arm length away. Yeah. So I just reach over, open it up, put the stove huh. the wood in, Beauty. close it back up and go back to sleep. Yeah. Right. And Tracy's on the top bunk and mm-hmm. where it's warmer up there. So. And maybe too warm. <laughs> eh, that's her problem. <laughs> so I, I was looking at one of those. They're tad expensive. Okay. Um, you can get them from Costco for three hundred and ninety nine. Oh, wow! Yeah, uh, definitely a camping glamping sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you wouldn't be taking those into the backcountry. Yeah, um, yeah, and that and that's why I looked at it because you know and even still, if you have company over, like staying the night or something, yep. and you get some extra people, like like Mackenzie, he'll he'll go to these parties or something like that, and buddies lived totally the other side of the, the city or whatever. Can we crash in the basement? You know what? I just set these up if I know yeah, they're coming. Perfect. Boom, boom. There you go. Mm-hmm. Bob drunk a couple of, couple of beds or something like that. Uh, so that multiple uses for it. 
after taxes, it's like 351 bucks. Shipping's free and, and whatnot. So three to 10 days. So I said, you know what? <laughs> so apparently mine's supposed to be delivered. Oh, so you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tend not to buy things like that. But you know what? <clears throat> I think for, if we're winter camping and, and whatnot like that, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be hmm. beneficial. Um, like I say, there's little spot, little pockets, you can put books and glasses yeah. and, and stuff like that. So when's it come? Uh, should be here tomorrow. Huh. So you so, could try it for this weekend. So we can try it for this weekend. Nice. That's the other thing is if, if another one of my things, if it does arrive, then I'll probably take the, the yeah. Esker. Yeah. If it doesn't arrive, then I'll probably take the, well, it'd be nice marmite. to have the comfort of the, the wood stove heated tent, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know, your wife hasn't done much winter camping, has she? She's not done any cold. So it, it's, it's a, I guess she's, it's an easy way to break her into it. She's never been camping beyond August. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. So this is two months beyond August. Perfect. <laughs> way too much yeah. beyond August. <laughs> this is like a full two months yeah. beyond when she's camped before. So this is brilliant then. If you, yeah. if the, if they come in and you can, you know, you get the wood stove and the tent and it's all comfortable. I'll never get rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this rate. <laughs> no, you know what? That's, that was the whole point of the deal is getting this tent. So that, you know, the two of us could start getting out yep. there and, exactly. and she'd join me on these trips as, you know, the kids are old enough now. No one has to be home with them. Huh. Um, you know, we, so we can get out and we can do these trips and stuff like that. I don't know that she'd be into the backcountry winter camping, mm-hmm. but car camping with the, like say the, the wood floor and yeah, the wood yeah. stove and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and get out and do some trails during the day okay. and stuff. Get out at night and sit around, stand around somebody's campfire or whatever you know, in the snow, chit chatting, having a, having a beverage or two. Mm-hmm. And, and some snacks, that sort of stuff. That's her style. She, yeah. she enjoys doing that sort of thing, the social aspect yeah. of it. And as long as there's the get out and do stuff during the day aspect, mm-hmm. which would be cool. So that's why I was, I was looking at one of those uh, sleds we were talking about, backcountry sleds there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she could sit in it and or, or I could sit in it. And she, <laughs> she, could, she could push you she around. She could push me around, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> So, yeah, so Mew Lake this weekend, and yeah, you know what, with the crossover stuff, everything's um, getting um, uh, put away slowly and moved around and and whatnot. One of the things I was looking at, uh, just doing some research when it comes to winter stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because like I say, uh, I've made a couple comments, I'm going to paddle like up until everything freezes. Yeah. Everybody's, well, you can't. Well, yeah, I can. He's got to be smart about it, you know, yeah. wear the proper gear, whatever. And stand up paddle boarding. Do you know how many pictures I've seen of people stand up paddle boarding in the winter? Oh, really? Yeah. You're kind of exposed, but I suppose if it's a calm day without a wind. Yeah, there is, there's only a couple of guys mm-hmm. actually stand up paddle boarding when the waves and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, if you had a dry but, suit or. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's got the dry suits or yeah. the wet suits on and, and whatnot, but they're nice calm days Yeah. and they're out paddling for nice paddle, that sort of stuff. But it's just like we do, uh, up in Algonquin park when the, in the, hitting the rivers. Yeah. You yep. know, and you see the nice trees with all the snow oh, and everything yeah. on them and all awesome? that sort of stuff. And you're paddling your canoe down this nice calm river and it's oh, <laughs> so beautiful. And yeah, you see these people and they're on the, the wider lakes or they're on the, the or rivers, I should say, or, yep. or they're on the lakes and they're paddling through the ice and, you know, there's some ice here and ice there yep. and stuff yep. like that. And 
Uh, of course, I see some of the ones that are from like, looks like uh, Antarctica or something <laughs> like that. You know? <laughs> Come up to the Arctic Ocean paddleboarding. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Like, I see an awful lot of stand up paddleboarding huh. happening in the winter. It's amazing. So, our time, and we, dude, we've been saying this for a year now. Well, we still never got out to try it with out. Warren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to we got to get out there. So I'm thinking, I don't know what's uh, this weekend's Mew. What's next weekend? I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Fall is the calm down for That's me. November. Nobody books up my weekends for me. Yeah. Ooh, I think we need to call Warren. <laughs> what is this? Uh, so that would be what November third. Let me check my schedule. Well, because like the the lake temperatures aren't any colder than they are in the summer. Really, it's still cold as heck. But oh. a few people are working, not me. So there's no <laughs> obligations there. <laughs> November third, we'll we gotta drop them a line and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think we might be able to get out into uh, Frenchman's Bay there and do a little. That would be nice. A little bit of a paddle. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I'm trying to think if I have. All of my uh, dry clothes, just from storage, they've been shrinking. Yes, so, <laughs> you said they've been shrinking. Yeah. Yeah, so they've I, been shrinking. I'd have to see if any of them still fit me. It's It, it must be ozone or something. It's yeah. stupid yeah. dry suits. Just yeah, just... The, the burger ozone, <laughs> the pizza ozone, the too much beer ozone. Yeah, it's all that ozone getting in there. <laughs> so, yeah, let's do that. Black Friday's coming up next month. Yes. Yes, it is. So we always did Black Friday uh, hockey tournaments. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing. We're going across the border, heading to the U.S. somewhere for okay. three days, three, four days, Black Friday hockey tournament. That was what it meant in our house. Okay. Right? We're going to the States. We're going to a hockey tournament. REI. Because that's the other thing is, everybody go. the reason everybody wants to go, shopping. Exactly, right? yeah. That's... Black Friday shopping. Everybody's going shopping. But it tends to be typically a big box store. Big box type store stuff. Thing. Yeah. Um, we were at one, actually, when I, the year I was manager uh, of Mackenzie's team, uh, there was a, our hotel across um, the street was a mall. And then right next to the mall was a giant Target as well. Yeah. yeah. And there was a microbrewery on the far side of the mall. <laughs> and there was a cemetery on the other side. Uh, you know. I yeah. just planned for everything. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was a great one. And there was a convention, wasn't there? <laughs> and there was a stewardess, uh, airline stewardess convention. <laughs> when I checked in, you know, you see the Cathay Pacific stewardesses in oh, the magazine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, yeah, they don't look like that. For They were standing. There was <laughs> they three do, of them standing. They do. And they were actually all dressed up, <laughs> played the part, the whole thing. Yeah. There was a Doctor Who convention there. Oh, Which brilliant. was just over the, because my daughter and I are huge Doctor Whovians, right? Uh, Doctor Who fans and um, so that was there but yeah so the next because usually what happens all the wives get up like 3 o'clock in the morning jump in the cars they try to find parking they're driving around constantly looking for parking all they had to do is get up take the elevator downstairs walk across the road to Brilliant. the mall it was perfect like oh, couldn't have planned that better <laughs> I do say so myself REI yeah they close and they pay their employees to get outside so everybody gets a full day's work Paid. or pay, and they get they gotta to go outside and and do, do something. something. Brilliant! That's Isn't awesome. That that that's a great idea. I get a job there. <laughs> now if they could only do that three hundred sixty-five days. 
<laughs> I'd be there every day. Brilliant. I wouldn't show up for work every day. <laughs> uh, not showing up right on time again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was just uh, cruising and, and uh, saw that today. That it, uh, yeah, it's all clo- they close up on uh, Black Friday. I guess that's kind of cool. But they started this thing, and this is this is their fourth year doing it. Okay, uh, will be their fourth year doing it. But uh, reading the, their, an article I saw, there's like 700 different organizations that do this. Oh, really? Yeah. Last three years, 15 million people, 700 organizations have created a new tradition to hashtag opt outside on Black Friday. Huh. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of those people actually go shopping. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> get in their car, they go outside to the shopping mall. Half the people in America don't get outside even once a year to do outdoor activities. Not a jog around the block, a ride on a bike, or a night in a tent. So that's why they've been doing this. Huh. Um, where is it? The opt outside has always been about choice, the choice to put people ahead of profits, the choice to close our doors on the biggest day in retail, and choice to invite everyone to join us. They're doing it again this year, paying our employees to take the day off. That's brilliant. Isn't it? I wonder if my work would do that. I'll have to mention it to my boss. Yeah, just turn the lights out for everybody. <laughs> Something happened. Oh, well, we lost power at work there. It wasn't me. The couple, <laughs> we love power work. It wasn't uh, me. And I'm, the first thing that popped in my head, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you work at the power plant. I'm just blaming yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. My power goes on. I'm blaming you. So <laughs> I spit in your beer tonight. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people out there may not know it, but I do work at a uh, at a power plant. I uh, I make electricity. <laughs> Not the best electricity, because <laughs> apparently my power went out. Well, your power going out had nothing to do with me. No. My <laughs> kids did get a little brief intro into what happens when you blow a fuse and the ways to blow a fuse. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Plug too many things into the same outlets and along one circuit. Turn them all on at the same time. Oh. Boom, everything yes. goes out. You're telling me about that. Well, everything's out upstairs. Really? Everything's on down here. Um, doesn't bother me. So I had to show them about, oh, yeah, this is how you flip the fuse. And yeah. This is what happens. This is that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't plug in the blender, the toaster, the dehydrator, and all the yada, yada, yada. Toaster oven. There was a oven. toaster oven. There was the uh, uh, pot thing. Uh, Instapot? Instapot. There was the tea kettle. Oh, my. And plugged in her phone, I think it was, to charge. <laughs> And there was something else. It's like surprise. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> TV went out. Uh, that's the only reason I heard about it. <laughs> TV's out. <laughs> so I can't watch my shows. Uh, uh, what else? Oh. So I was digging through my garage. Okay. And got my axe. And I'm thinking, oh, I need to sharpen my axe. Got my hatchet, got my knife, because I got this one big old knife I've had for yeah, ever. It's got to be 30 to 40 years old. And I mean, you can see the blade has gone down. It's shrunk. Yeah, it's shrunk. Um, I figured, you know what? I'm going to dig out my sharpening stone, which was in here, and I'll uh, sharp, it's time to sharpen everything before I go, go awake. Because when I'm backcountry, I'd take my saw, right? My foldable saw, collapsible yeah. saw. 
And when I'm car camping, that sort of stuff, I bring my axe and hatchet and stuff like that. All right, I'll get my stone and, and went out. The same day as I'm getting ready to do this, Kevin Callan posted a video of this guy, Kyle Noseworthy. Okay. Uh, Kyle's from Newfoundland. He's got a YouTube channel and stuff. I believe he uh, makes knives and stuff like that. He's big into the outdoors mm-hmm. and that. And he actually did a video um, on sharpening an axe. And he yep. talks, he goes into great lengths. He's got this, this sharpening stone, it's round. Mm-hmm. And it's in a tin can. So he puts this stone in it to soak in the water, right? Yeah. Something I didn't know. They say use water or oil. Yes. If you use oil on your sharpening stone, you can never go back to use water. No, you yeah. You always have to use yeah. oil. So he's saying, I always use water. Yeah. Because. You can let it dry, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's got this round stone. He soaks it in this tin can. Yeah. He says, yeah, I just thought of this. I'm looking for something to bring water into the shop here. And I'm thinking, well, this comes in a metal can. Why don't I just put it in the middle <laughs> metal can? Uh, but he goes through how to sharpen your axe properly okay. yep. and all that sort of stuff. And I never realized it. And I was looking at it. My sharpening stone. Now, my stone here is um big rectangle thing, mm-hmm. right? It's got... Two colors. Two different grits. Right? Two different grits on it. Yeah. So I was following his way to do it and mm-hmm. man, from what I had on there before to what I have on them now. Yeah. What a difference. What <laughs> a difference. And yeah, I just had a thing of water here and I'd just be putting it in. So I'm watching YouTube and, yeah. you know, down in my basement, sharpening my axes <laughs> and my hatchet and my knife and... It's Halloween. I'm digging a hole out front. My neighbor thinks it's a grave for celebrating Halloween. <laughs> All right. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. It's a hole for Halloween, buddy. <laughs> That's what she should be asking is why I'm sharpening my axes. <laughs> and digging a hole. Yes, yes. The combo. So it was it was, it was was pretty neat. Uh, if you go into YouTube and just type in Kyle Noseworthy, um, or you go to Kevin Callan's Facebook page. He's got the link to, to this guy. He's from Newfoundland and, uh, he goes through the whole thing about sharpening that and stropping. Yes. Uh, with the leather belt or he, he had it on a compound that's on a board mm-hmm. to do that. Right. And I always thought, you know, you think of straight razors and yes. stuff like that. And, uh, he's saying, no, you, you do it on the board and there's a compound that does that. Or even if, if you wear, when you're outdoors, a leather if belt. you wear a leather belt, yep. you can put a bit of compound on the inside of that even mm-hmm. and just attach it to a tree and yep. do it that way, right? So, but basically what that does is it, it polishes the edge, the sharp of the, the knife, mm-hmm. and it um, takes off that last little bit of imperfections and it also shines up the edge. Yeah, so it's with. shiny mirror-like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's what that does and, and whatnot. I've never, ever done that. I just use the stones and then I just wash it up. I have, and... I have a bunch, I have a whole bunch of sharpening stones at home. I've got a strop, I've got a, a leather pad, I've got all the sharpening stuff. I, I have all these carving tools and stuff so you can, you know, it fine tunes the edge when you use the strop yeah. and. I've never yeah. used a strop. Hmm. I've gotten a strap. It's amazing how sharp you can get it. And it's like, you get a mirror finish, right? Yeah. Depending on the compound you use, you can use chalk, right? So. Yeah, no, I've, uh. Well, like I say, I got three things down here now that'll cut mm-hmm. pretty good. And I just got to remember to take them out from here and put them actually with my stuff outside. <laughs> We're going to get camping. Uh, where's your axe? 
home in my basement right next to my <laughs> podcasting stuff. Awesome place for it. Awesome place for it. And I think that's pretty much all I've done this week is, yeah, I thought about uh, the crossover season and get my winter camping yeah. summer stuff together and sharpening axes and hatchets and knives and stand up paddle boarding stuff, looking at all the pictures and yeah, yeah. and stuff in there in winter and thinking daydreaming yeah, of yeah. what's coming. My, uh, I can't remember. I know I did talk about, I dropped my GoPro in the water. Oh, on our oh, tr- on yeah, the Moose yeah, River, yeah, right? Yeah, you're telling me about that. And yeah. It, it didn't want to restart and, uh, well, it finally just went down clicking it and, uh, yeah. It came, came back alive. to life. So. I was lucky. <laughs> knocking on wood. Yeah, it's it's back alive. So. Well, it would have been a good excuse to go get the new GoPro 7. Yeah, that's no, how, I'm not going to go GoPro I've again. seen the reviews on it, and I think this is, I've never wanted a GoPro before, because I just never thought they would do what I want them to do. I mean, this is the first one I think it'll yeah, do what I see, want it to I'm do. I'm just the opposite. I got a GoPro because it was going to do everything I wanted it to do, and disappointed. Yeah? Yeah. I get the Hero 2, and that was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah. And I've never been 100% impressed with it. Hmm. Batteries suck back like water. I've heard good things about the yeah. GoPro 7. I ended up with four batteries. And they said, oh, you should get two and a half battery hours out of each battery. 20 minutes. I raise my hand and call <laughs> full on BS. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe a half hour if you're lucky. Yeah. Total BS. Well, I think it's the quality that they're not using the right quality of battery. And I, anybody I've talked to, anybody I've seen use the Go, the GoPros, it's like the, they, you know, they have this brand new battery that's freshly charged and it, it runs for like five minutes and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's just the, 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 not a good quality. You need a really good quality and then GoPro just hasn't done it in the past. I'm thinking that must be what it is because, mm-hmm. yeah, crap. Yeah. So other than that. <laughs> that's been my week in a nutshell yeah what about yeah. you well i've been in training this week at work so i've been distracted but uh but you know what what is interesting is uh like i i'm i'm belong to uh i don't want to sound too snobbish here but it's a it's a wine club well you know I, i've got my wine cellar in my basement and stuff like that so anyways the uh a beer fridge is not a wine cellar shut up oh i've got <laughs> i got a beer fridge and i've got a wine cellar anyways oh. <laughs> uh-huh. but you've seen it haven't you your wine cellar yeah it's a sort of a wine closet oh it's not a cellar it's a closet in my basement <laughs> it's where i keep the cadavers <laughs> <laughs> move that body i need that bottle of wine please thank you all right <laughs> no it's quite neat it's uh i'll have you, you should record Ross trail. you should record at my house sometimes so you can see the stuff <laughs> you never come to my house i always have to drive here but anyways that's where they, all the stuff is they they sent their most recent um magazine from the uh from the wine club it's called quench and there was like four good articles in this thing that I found like super interesting and uh, I'm not going to cover everything because you know there's just too much to cover but uh, there's a few things I found neat and uh, but then I started looking into it so uh, maybe it's not that neat but it's still neat it's, it's worth mentioning so this uh, the first thing is it's called the uh, the physics way tap and it came out I think it was on Dragon's Den at one point a year or two ago and uh, now you can get it like uh, Canadian Cat Tire and uh, Best Buy on Amazon, of course. Everything's on Amazon. But this thing is, uh, 
it uses ultrasonics and what you get is uh it's basically you know they say you know a lot of beer connoisseurs is like oh you can't drink from a can you have to drink from a glass and a properly shaped glass for the type of beer. Yada yada yada. You gotta yada, get yada. it from draft and or like yeah. Like some a, people swear yeah. by a draft machine. Like you you go you get your own keg or you go to a pub and you get it right off off their keg and it's like the best way because it's it's the right fizziness. It's the right whatever the right body right. But uh, you know the foam aroma, the experience of drinking from a nice glass and whatever. Anyway, so these guys they've come up with this. Uh, it's this. If you don't have room for a keg or if you don't have the money for a keg machine, a kegerator or whatever, this, uh, it's about the same size of one of those soda stream, make your own soda oh, pop yeah, thing. Oh yeah, fizzy water thingies. Yeah, fizzy water thingies. So this thing look it's about that same size and it uses ultrasonics and what you do is you uh, basically stick your can of beer in it, close it up pull the tap it uses little four four double a batteries it pumps the beer out but it saves the last little bit it only does about 10 ounces or so and then the, so for the last few ounces you push the tap the other way and uses ultrasonics to give you micro bubbles in the beer and supposedly it enhances the aroma the flavor the mouth feel of the beer and uses fluid dynamics and sound and ultrasonics and whatever anyways this thing i just saw i saw it in the uh, in the magazine it's like that's kind of cool so yeah, I watched a few videos on it, and it's like, well, that's that's really neat. It's uh, and it really depends on some of the reviews were not so good. Some of them are really good, but I just thought this is this is a fascinating little thing. I honestly I don't think I'm gonna get one piece because it uh, it seems a little gimmicky, but I think it was I thought it was worth mentioning. Hundred and forty bucks Canadian at Best Buy. Yeah, no, one twenty nine or something. I think it was. One twenty nine. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, yeah one twenty nine. So yeah, we looked at it quickly before we started recording here, and it was. It's just I don't know. It it kind of seems a bit gimmicky. It's cool, but, but I would like to try it before you buy it. But mm-hmm. I don't know how possible that is. But it's uh it's neat because the way they um, they reviewed it online, they're saying that uh, it actually does add a creamy texture to the beer. Yeah, I'm sitting here right now at physics.com, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S.com. There's a little video there that shows what it does, how it all works, and that sort of stuff. Kind of cool. It's Uh, it's very basic. It's if it wasn't, like even at, uh, it's on sale for $129 right now at Best Buy. Now but, they have the bigger model, which will actually take a growler. Yes, that for would be neat. Three hundred and ten bucks. Well, see what would be neat about that, except for the price. Yeah, is the fact that you put a growler in it and you can serve a couple of people instead of putting one can of beer in, pouring it out, and yeah, and you're um, yeah, because that's the big thing is you got to keep cleaning it, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you, yeah, they say if, you know, if you switch from one beer to another beer, it's going to, you, you should change it out. So you clean it up and you have to process clean water through it to clean it up, to make sure that you don't leave anything, any crap or crud inside it that could like get moldy or cruddy or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I, it's, <laughs> I want to try this thing. These are one of those things you'd want one of your buddies to buy first. Exactly. And go try it out yeah. and then yeah. you'd probably yeah. go, yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. But 
Absolutely. Yeah, it would, it would no, sit you on buy my... it. You buy it. Now, try it. Yeah. It'd sit <laughs> in my cupboard or something and not get Exactly. Yours. Yeah, you're going to... I don't know if, how much it's worth it, but I think it's kind of interesting if people are want to check it out and look at it. This would be good car camping. It would be. It would be neat. Take the Growler one, the bigger one. Yeah. Car yeah. camp. Because then you can sit that on your picnic table when everybody's sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, a little right, mini Yeah, cake. right on your picnic table. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wouldn't want to be tripping in with this. No, but no. you know, because then you got to bring all the bottles of beer as well. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're at a camp, if you're car camping, oh, it's something perfect. like this, it's beauty. Right next to that massive Kelly kettle you got. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not the Kelly kettle you got. It's the um, oh, what's the one that looks like the nuclear power plant? Oh, your Italian. Yes. So yeah, it's, there's the Kelly kettle and there's the uh, the Irish version of it. I can't Italian remember. version of it. Yeah, I can't remember because we weren't impressed with it. No, uh, right yeah, the head, but yeah, yeah. I think it was massive. Yeah, the, we the day that we took some YouTube video, we were videoing it for the YouTube channel, and I haven't used it since then. No, eh? And that was almost two years ago. Almost two eighteen years months ago. ago. Yeah. So that was money wasted. Awesome. <laughs> this is where this would go right next to that. Yes, exactly. This would be, this yeah. be packed right next to it. Yeah, like I say, I mean, you know what? It's it's a novelty item that would eventually just lose its, its shaz. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and it would well, be packed away. I have one of those stupid soda stream. Oh, do you? And I I use it a couple times. It's never the same. It's like if for just drinking fizzy water, it's fantastic. But I've tried the, uh, the, the, the root beer mix, the Coca-Cola mix. There's all kinds of different mixes you can add. And, and so you make actual soda pop, right? But uh, I, I don't like any of the flavors. I've never liked any of the, the things you can buy for it. But I do like the fizzy water. Yeah, so There you go. Yeah. Like fizzy instead, water of, kind of, instead of buying a, one of those, uh, what are they... Uh, Soda water. Pellegrino. Yeah. Oh, uh, Perrier. Perrier water, Pellegrino water. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fancy way to drink yeah. your water. My yeah. wife hates it. She hates it. They got I one like at the work I've water. never used. Was that? I got one at work that I've never used. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, this physics thing, go check it out. F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you buy one, let us know. Yes, please let <laughs> us know. If you buy one, invite us over. <laughs> <laughs> invite us over for a beer. I'd like to yeah. try it. Yeah, and we'll even let you buy the beer. <laughs> uh, what else is in that magazine? Well, the other thing was, uh, so there's been a trend, and it's it's kind of funny. When I first, uh, when I read the article to my wife, she goes, is that a joke? <laughs> I said, no, it's not a joke. This is for real. <laughs> Anyways, the, uh, it's called, uh, they're, they're, they're talking about IPAs, right? So uh, they list a whole series of IPAs, and this is what made my wife laugh and think it was a it was a joke article. Anyway, so there's in uh, for craft beer, uh, there's a while there where IPA beer had sort of gone out of vogue for quite a period of time. The old English IPA, and it's come back into the the market and the microbrew market like huge in the in the last decade 15 years right so like you know the you know the keith beers and ipa and yeah, stuff a lot like of that. people have the end so it's really it's there it's been coming back over the last few decades but in the last 
10 years or eight years, it's been huge in the microbrewery industry. So mm-hmm. these small craft breweries and stuff like that. And there's, so there's, uh, so they, these sub styles of IPAs, there's, uh, West Coast IPA, Belgium IPA, Sour IPA, Brett IPA, Double IPA, Triple IPA, Session IPAs, Black IPAs, Milkshake IPAs, Fruit IPAs, and of course the New England style IPA. <laughs> Milkshake? I saw that one. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the most recent one, uh, some uh, some dude out of uh, his... Uh, Kim Sturdivant, he's a brewmaster at the Social Kitchen and Brewery in San Francisco. So he figures, and, and nobody else had a record of making this before. So he started in San Francisco, and then there's a bunch of microbrews across Canada that are starting to do this now. Just It's just starting to come into vogue, and it's called a, a Brut IPA, B-R-U-T, just like as in the Brut Champagne. Mm-hmm. So this is a, it's a very pale IPA. It's thin bodied, very dry. It's like champagne. And what, what uh, a lot of these microbrews have found that it's interesting to do is because it, because it's such a light, it uses such light malts and such a light IPA that uh, they're, they're adding flavors like a fruity, hoppy, or adding hops that uh, would give it a, a spicy flavor. So people are, are liking it, right? And uh, so this here, Brute IPA, it's it's dry. It uh, uses light malts, and the hops are added very late in the process, right? Right. So it's it's sort of a dry, champagne-like bubbly beer. So I thought that was kind of neat. It's like, oh, interesting. It's champagne uh, of beers. Yeah, and like uh, like you, if you if you want to try it out, let's see who else who has it out here. Uh, Hamilton's Merritt Brewing Company. They brought. Uh, one for us, uh, Great Lakes Brewery in Etobicoke. They've released a Brutalism IPA. Hamilton's Collective Arts collaborated with Aslan Beer from Herndon, uh, Virginia, on a Hot Pink IPA. And Halifax's own Unfiltered Brewing has a Marcus Junius. So it's uh, it's this new IPA that's out. It's uh, it's a very light, and so I think it would be. Uh, I kind of want to check that out now. I'm going to have to look it up and see if I... I well, can probably get in the beer store. Well, see, the LCBO... Or liquor, liquor store, yeah. Yeah, the LCBO is... Uh, but they're so picky with the with the microbrews. They, 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 last summer, they did this big promotion for uh, microbrews. And, and uh, so you could get a lot of the ones that you couldn't normally get. But unless you can supply the LCBO with like, I don't know, 100,000 cans of beer, they're not going to carry your product, right? And these yeah. microbrews, they tend not to pump out. It's like you have to go to the, the little microbrewer themselves, like we did with. Uh, with, with uh, we, there's a couple in Bowenville that I picked up. I keep coming yeah. here with all these different microbrews. So I don't know if you could find them at. Uh, I'm not going to drive to Hamilton for a couple of cans of. <laughs> beer. Well, I might if I'm going through. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. On the way through. Oh, you know who goes through? Who's that? A lot, it seems to be, is uh, Alan from Kingdom Outdoor. Yeah. He goes back and through there, uh, hmm. back and forth, doing some stuff. Alan Drummond. Alan Drummond. Alan. <laughs> oh, Alan, buddy, pal, friend oh ours. Yes. We need to go down and do some kayaking at the uh, waterfront, too. Oh, there we go. I wonder if it's closed for the season. What? Where do they close it? The uh, waterfront uh, for kayaking. They can close it? What do you mean I close guess. it? As in you try to go kayaking, they go, no, it's too cold. There's too many people. Too many 
too cold too and cold, it wouldn't let you on the water? Yeah, I guess. You like downtown Toronto? Yeah. I can't see that. I could. It's downtown could, Toronto. How are they going to stop you? They'll shoot you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to Alan, see if, yeah, he's, going, yeah. if he's up for it. We'll, 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 we'll go over to his house and we'll let him buy the beer. Alan, Alan, Alan. 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 I keep thinking of that, that gopher thing with the British yeah. guy. Alan, Alan, Alan. Yeah, that's not Alan, that's Steve. Steve. <laughs> nope, that's Alan. Alan. <laughs> Uh, so physics, brute IPAs, and what else you got there? So the one I'm not going to talk about is the tequila, but there's a whole oh, article in here on tequila. I am going to, uh, and I'm still looking for a designated driver. <laughs> I know. On the third, <laughs> 17th, 17th of November. The third 17th of November? The third or 17th. Okay. I can't remember which. <laughs> 17th. <laughs> third 17th of November. Yeah. In Oshawa. Oh, it's in Oshawa. It's in Oshawa. When you told me about it, I thought it was downtown Toronto. It's like, oh, oh no, I, I can't make no. it to that. No, it's in Oshawa. So you, <laughs> could, you could almost stumble home. I could, yeah. But downtown um, Toronto, I couldn't even Uber that home. Yeah, That's too It's 20 <laughs> buck, 25 bucks at the door. Yeah. And um, it's all about tequila. It's a tequila expo. Yeah. So I'm thinking if I can get myself a designated driver, it's from three in the afternoon to 11 at night. Yeah. I love tequila. I love tequila. I love mezcal. I tequila. want to find out if there's going to be Satal there because I love Satal well, as well. What's Satal again? You told me that once. What that's was? like the lowest of the low stuff. But it's, that's the one that was like drinking campfire. Oh. The smoke. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the one yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah. not many people, there's only a couple places that actually make it. Huh. And uh, I had friends that have a resort down in Puerto Vallarta, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And they actually had to order a whole case in. Just to get me a bottle to bring up. Oh, wow. I've got to maybe chat with them. We'll go for dinner and say, hey, pals, if you're heading back. I'm you know, LCBO will order stuff in for you like that, but you have to order a case. Yeah. And uh, depending on what it is you bring in. It's probably $40 a bottle times 12. Yeah. I'd need a few, because they'll probably take a bottle first to... They have to sample it. Sample so it, the right? LCBO yeah. will destroy one it's bottle. Bunch, it's a bunch of guys in the back of the LCBO. <laughs> yeah, try these guys. What do exactly. you think? Oh, it's great. Okay. It, it's especially for wines because the, what is it that you're not allowed in wines here in Canada? Sulfates? Sulfites? Anyways, they test it for sulfates. Mice. So depend, yeah, that too. <laughs> you don't want mice in your wine. But yeah, so the LCBO for for red wines, they'll sample, they'll destroy one bottle of the case if you want yeah. to order it in. But it's it tends to be quite expensive. But if and, I get like 11 buddies or something like that or... 10 buddies because I'll there take you two bottles. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's going to be like a six, $700 case. Yeah. It could be expensive. Yeah. Oh, Which could, is why uh, I... Also known as a really great night. <laughs> yes. But it's also hence the reason why I have the uh, the Opimium uh, Wine Club thing, right? It's, uh, I get to try stuff that you can't normally get in the LCBO. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What, yeah. they mail it to you? No, you pick it up at the store. So uh-huh. it, it, it's the Opimium Club is across Canada and... The cheapest place to get it is in Alberta because they have the lowest taxes on booze. Mm-hmm. But in Ontario and I can't remember what other province are the most expensive because like LCBO taxes the crap out of you, right? So, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I get to try all these different wines that are shipped in from everywhere that you can't normally get. Yeah. Yeah, it's a neat little thing. But anyways, the... Uh, Makes I, you all feel all hoity-toity, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Do you sit in a tuxedo and drink this? 
Never. Flip-flops and a bow tie and speedo. There you go. <laughs> Sipping my wine. <laughs> oh, North Slope, slightly tannic. Yes. <laughs> 1987, I believe. Oh, look at that. Comes in a brown bag, says, serve before Friday, Chateau Libido. <laughs> screw off cap. <laughs> Hey, scruff caps are coming in. It's in vogue now. Wasn't there? There was a cork shortage or something a few years. Back. It was. It was a combination. It. Uh, they. They had all kinds of excuses, but corks were becoming too expensive because of the shortage, and so a few of the manufacturers and nobody really wanted to switch to caps because of the uh, the cachet of having a cork and your yeah. wine. It's like do you want to have that? So the. <laughs> So, but with the cork shortage and the expensive uh, increased price of cork, it uh, a lot of manufacturers or a lot of uh, um, winemakers, vineyards, they uh, they started switching over to caps, but they sold it as a great thing. Is like because there's a certain percentage of bottles are become corked. The corks are tend to be unreliable depending on the crop and the, mm. the how heavy the rainy season was when they harvested the cork and whatever, right? So uh, they, now caps are supposedly the, new the way to go, right? Yeah. Ah. So it preserves your wine longer and better, right? But yeah, but now when you I'm go to a, a wine drinker, you go all, to so. a restaurant and they you're not going to give you the screw off cap to sniff here. Yeah. What sniff, do you think? Sniff the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes good. Can I, I get another thimbleful? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anywho. So back back to the magazine. So the uh, the last article that uh, I wanted to mention, and I still have to read the tequila one. But anyways, the last one is uh, they. It's about Irish whiskey making. Are you listening, Kevin Callan? <laughs> So Irish whiskey making, and this is super, and, and, and just to kind of bring this back to ground, it's, uh, often when I'm paddling in the back country, I like to have a nice whiskey at night around the campfire. So, so many people okay. Do. So now we're back to paddling again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Irish whiskeys are, uh, the, they, this thing gives a history of it. It's very well written, but they give a history of Irish whiskeys and how, uh, you know, more than a century ago, whiskey in Great Britain was, it's, uh, it was around the world. Irish whiskey was, had like 60% of the market and it was the most popular. And what does it say here? It says, uh, pot still Irish whiskey, uh, Full-bodied, spicy, creamy complex was the favorite tipple of Queen Victoria and was by far the most popular after-dinner digestif. Hmm. Well. <laughs> but anyways, they talk about uh, pot stills and column stills. And uh, so with the... they Originally, the, the, it was all pot stills. It's basically a, a pressure cooker and you boil it, the steam comes off and you condense it. Right. And then you boil out all the alcohol, dump the mash, fill it up with mash again, boil it, boil off the alcohol. It's a repeating process, right? But then they came out with a column still and it's just like an assembly line. You, you, you constantly fill into the column still and off the bottom, the, the, the blend or the grinds or the whatever, the, the, mm. uh, what do they call it? The wash or the pig ale comes off the bottom and then you throw that away. And it, it basically, for what you could make on a pot still in seven days, you could make like 70 times that amount, 
right? It's just it's yeah, just yeah. in in the same amount of time. It's just this is the constant process, right? But uh, what they're saying is that these whiskey makers are are they're saying they're everybody's trying to do something new and whatever. So now they're they're coming sort of like a microbrew kind of kind of distillery has popped up again. And what they're saying is that they're going back to their roots of back in the 17 and 1800s when pot stills were big. And so they're making these big pot stills. And uh, there's a couple manufacturers, distilleries that are coming out like this fall and next summer with these new Irish whiskeys from Ireland. And uh, so they're they're coming back to these pot stills, these single batch, either single or double distilled Irish whiskeys that uh and w- they say with the column stills you have more of a pure alcohol flavor you don't you lose a lot of of what you're putting into it right okay and uh so with these pot stills you get the uh the better flavors and the more genuine it's like it's like going from a, a, a bottle of canadian beer like a molson canadian and going to a nice microbrewed beer custom microbrewed beer so what you're doing is you're getting this more flavorful irish whiskey they're going uh, from quantity down to quality exactly exactly that's a great way to put it and you know they, they they talk about how in this article about all the malting process and it's fascinating but it's complicated i was thinking oh i could do no i can't do this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got a spare corner over here yeah. just... but they they talk about like malted barley where they the barley is moistened and it sprouts and then they dry it before the sprouts can eat the starches inside and and then they add water and yeast and sugars and it's it's a very complicated process but it's uh they talk about there's basically four whiskey types a single malt whiskey and uh, blended whiskeys, single pot still whiskeys, and Irish pot still whiskeys, and and they give examples. And it's just like it's like oh, this is kind of neat. They're going back to the roots. They're going back to the old pot still method. So we need to find when they get some of this. We'll grab a bottle. Yeah. And next summer we'll go on a canoe trip, and we'll sit there with a few guys around the fire, or even in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Around the fire, and we'll all taste it. Yeah. And see what we like better. An Irish whiskey tasting. There you go. Are you listening, Kevin Callen? <laughs> uh, It'll be neat. It'll be neat when these, like, uh, I I, I would guess that we're going to start seeing some of these pot still whiskeys show up in Canada this fall and then over the next few years. Like, it, they, with Irish whiskeys, there's, they've made rules. It has to be uh, 40%, minimum 40% malted whiskey and 40% green whiskey or green malt and uh, it has to be kegged or casked minimum three years. And then you can call it an Irish whiskey. So when have they started out doing all of this? Like five, some of them five years ago. A lot of oh, them are so refusing to put it out until they're five years old in the, in the, in the barrels, right? Right. So the first one, they're, they, to make ends meet until they have their five-year-old stuff, they've been making like uh, vodkas and gins and stuff like that just to get product out. Mm-hmm. But... As well, while they're waiting for their barrels of, of Irish whiskey to age properly and so they can put it to market. So tied over for yeah. five years and then they get right into all that. Exactly. You imagine you wait five years, you have like, you know, a thousand barrels of whiskey. And it's all and crap. It's crap. It's like, oh no, it's five oh, years. Tastes like licking my foot. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man. That's cool. 
it is cool. It's really neat to to hear about the process and and how to make it and and the fact that they are going back to the roots. And I look forward to sampling some. I bet you you're looking forward to building your own still, <laughs> your basement, your garage. Oh. Well, you say that, and it's it's I uh, I do have my own still. <laughs> you know that, right? You remember I that? that? I brought yeah. you some. Yeah, you brought some of that. Yeah. that fire water. Yeah, the nail polish remover. Yeah, that's it. I found yeah. a place in the states that will sell me mini kegs, mini uh, oak barrels. To put that stuff in it? Pre-charred. So you, what is it? Uh, they... Somebody, I saw somebody on, you know, they got that new uh, marketplace on Facebook. Somebody's got barrels, oak barrels. Oh, yeah. Oak whiskey barrels. Huh. In Whitby, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. But I found a place in the States, they uh, they sell 1 liter, 5 liter, 10 liter, and 20 liter oak barrels. They're all pre-charred to a certain, there's a certain char number, and you can pick the char number. Like, you know, they, you burn, pre-burn the inside of the oak barrel, right? Yep. It, it help adds to the flavoring, right? And uh, what they're saying is that, uh, like a typical barrel, it uh, a year, is in, you age something up to five years, but if you have a tiny barrel, you have more contact with the whiskey with the oak barrel. Mm-hmm. So in a one liter barrel, which is not very big, but a no, one liter... No, I'd expect one, a little sippy yeah. straw on the side. Oh, in a one liter barrel, six months is the equivalent of five years of aging. Really? Six months. And boom, you, you got five-year-old whiskey. Yeah. You put one on each side of your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> hey, people have their hobbies. Yeah, people got their hobbies. So, um, so this is why the the whiskey thing excited me. And so, this is what you did instead of outdoor stuff this week. Yes. <laughs> so instead of looking at what's going on outdoors. Yes, I'm researching recipes. You're researching recipes, and so I this said, week's show, Sean was looking at <laughs> digging graves and yes. and sharpening axes. <laughs> and Derek was becoming an alcoholic. Exactly. <laughs> High five, dude. <laughs> All right. So Derek's going to get blamed for murdering people with an axe because he's hammered and didn't know any better. An axe sharpened by Sean. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Can't prove it. Uh, last thing we have on <laughs> on here. Is, is it actually mount- to do with paddling? <laughs> uh, not really, but it has to do with sort of the outdoors. Oh, okay. This is going to be very controversial. Yes. Yeah. Just remember that we only pass on the news. We yes. Don't We're the, the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Equipment Co-op, open letter by the uh, CEO of Mech, yeah. David Labistur. Yeah. The current CEO. They're voted in, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, I think they just had the uh, election not too long ago. Mm-hmm. This summer, I yeah. believe. So he did this open letter about diversity in the outdoors. Now, we talked about this not long after we actually started the show. Yeah. We talked about, you know, there was a thing saying, you know, there's not a lot of immigrants and stuff like that um, um, going in the outdoors. And it's, yeah, and we... At the time we were looking at it, you were seeing a slight uptick, a surge mm-hmm. in, yeah. in... But there still wasn't a lot of... No. You, you go out there. Because what had prompted that was we were at a campground and there was somebody from... 
Oh yeah, you were saying that. See, from Africa or something. He came. So where do I go to see all the animals? And everybody in the little building, because we were all waiting to check in, right? Yeah. Everybody just sort of stopped and go, huh? The zoo? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, because you guys got bears and you got moose and you got wolves. Where do I go see them? <laughs> I guess he's thinking like going out on the savanna and seeing yeah. elephants and yeah. giraffes and zebras and all that yeah. sort of stuff out there. Is, and we're just like, well, it's not that. It's not like that. Here. It's not that simple. It could here, take so. days to see your first moose. Uh, so that brought up the stuff about a lot of people of different ethnic groups not using the backcountry and yes. stuff like that. Well, this is not really a lo- not really along that lines. He did this open letter, and what he said was, "Do white people dominate the outdoors?" So if you consider every advertisement you've ever seen for skiing, hiking, climbing, camping, you might think that's the case. Now, where we were looking at in the actual outdoors, he's talking about in the advertising. Yes. In outdoor advertising, Mm -hmm. it's all white people Mm -hmm. doing all of this. Athletes hold spotlight in advertising. While diversity that exists and continues to grow in outdoor spaces isn't represented in the images we produce and promote. The truth is we haven't represented the diversity of Canadians or of our 5 million members. He goes on to say, We can't move forward until we acknowledge our past. Historically, the models we've used in our catalogs and campaigns and on mech.ca have been predominantly white. And this imagery has perpetuated the vastly incorrect notion that people of color in Canada don't ski, hike, climb, or camp. This letter is about recognizing the role we've played in underrepresenting people of color in the outdoors and committing to change. It's not okay. As CEO of MEC, I promise that moving forward, we'll make sure we're inspiring and representing the diverse community that already exists in the outdoors. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This next part's what I've got the issue with, and I think uh, there will be a lot of people taking issue with it. This initiative isn't about patting ourselves on the back. It's also not about me, another straight white male with a voice in the outdoor industry. This is a conscious decision to change and to challenge our industry partners to do the same. We know we've been part of the problem and we're committed to learning from our mistakes and changing the way we represent the outdoor community. Outside is for everyone. It's time we acted like it. It's not about patting yourselves <clears throat> on the back. Then why did you write this letter? Exactly. That's my thing. Is like, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. No one needs to know you're you're doing all of this. I think he's making an issue out of something that doesn't need to be. How do I say this? It doesn't need to be made an issue in this way. In this way, the way he's done it. The way he's done it. You know what? If, if you think this is what you need to do, you need to put more diversity in your catalogs and your online advertising. Just make it happen. Do it. Just do it. Exactly. Don't bring attention to it like this. Like you're, you're making an issue. And apparently there's been a lot of people that have said, dude, like. What yeah. Are what are you doing? You're, yeah. you're, yeah. You're making yeah. yourself a target. Yeah. There, there's been a lot of people that have made a lot of comments about what he's saying. And <clears throat> another straight white male. I know. Like, why is he. Why is he what, what pointing? What does that have to do with? Yeah. Anyway. Now, if I was to, now his wording, I think he had a poor choice of wording. I think he had a poor approach to this. But if I was to look at the other side of the coin just for a second, just try and see from his point of view, the only way I could excuse it is where he talks about 
to challenge our industry partners to do the same. Mm -hmm. So in that case, maybe him doing this could be... I don't know. I just think there's think better this, ways to do it than yeah. doing a public letter from MEC. Because this is to the public. It isn't to yeah. the other retailers yes. mm-hmm. in the industry. Well, he definitely... He calls them out to yes. an extent. But and, and I think if history shows, when you want something to be really seen and heard, you create a controversy. Which is what, what he's, he's done. He's yeah. created a controversy. So I don't know if he did it because he's an idiot and, and was just overstepping. Or if he thought, hey, let's create a controversy. Let's get this thing moving. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, honestly, what the industry should do is, they like years ago, decades ago, they should have been, you know, it's a cross-representation of everybody, right? Yeah. And that it hasn't happened. Yes. But there was another thing they were saying, they were, he was talking about, that um, there are more people of color out there doing stuff than white people. Mm-hmm. And there's other r- reports attached saying, what's dude talking about? <laughs> uh, that's wrong. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not even dive. I'm not even going to dive into that. No. No. He's saying one thing. The other yeah. polls are saying whatever. I only want to complain about his methodology. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to get just, into the. You know what? Just get into the advertise. Keep doing yep. your advertising. Exactly. Just change your models. Mm-hmm. Pick your models different. That's all yeah. you need to do. And then you know what? If you want to get the other outdoor industry companies, they doing will it, follow your lead. Then just go to them and say, "Listen, here's what we're doing. Here's yeah. what we've noticed." Yes. I think we need to step up yeah. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if, if no one does it, then call them out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, when I, I mean, we've talked about this before. When I go into a store or something like that to buy something, I'm going in to buy something. I'm not going in to check out, well, yeah. that person's of color. Yeah, what's the diversity in the store? Yeah. yeah. That means nothing to me. I need a, a gizmo widget. Yeah. I'm going to go into that mm-hmm. store and buy one. Yeah. I don't care who serves me. I don't care where you're from. I don't care who shares the bow or the stern of my canoe. Yeah. Just sell me my gizmo widget mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> take take my money and I'm gone. Yeah. Take my money, give me my thing and I'm gone. So, yeah, that's that's so this came out this this week and I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, it's it was Yeah, I read it and then you sent it to me saying, "Have you seen this?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah I don't even want to think about this. I don't know. I don't really know, I don't know this, what to do with this. Yeah. I'm going to fold it into a paper airplane and throw it across the room, I yeah. think. So, yeah, you know, it's definitely long past time to for the diversity thing yeah. in, in the advertising and that. Um, it has started a conversation. It has. Right? And so, I, I you know, you go online and you see all the, the chat boards and people talking about it and here, there, and everywhere on Facebook. And so I'm, I'm following that. I'm curious as to where people are going to slag them or if they're going to let them go or if everybody has their own comment. Right. And, and I think in this day and age with social media, it's, and, and we always, we, and we question even mentioning this because we tend to stay away from anything political or, yeah, you know, we, and honestly, when it comes to diversity and racism and all, it doesn't matter what you say, you're going to lose. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what so, you say. And that's why I question whether yeah. we should have brought this up, but, uh, it's uh, 
I we're think rebels, dude. We're rebels. Yes, I think it's Cut worth it. It is worth a conversation, yeah. and just from the simple fact of of what this guy thinking about writing this letter. Well, as I say, even bad publicity is still publicity. There you go. Yeah. Right? Ask the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's all I got this week. Yes, yes. Well, we didn't talk a whole lot about the outdoors. But <laughs> we talked <laughs> about stuff that we, we partake of in the outdoors. We partake in the outdoors, yes. but we do try to keep it paddle oriented. But yes. every so often, yeah. eh, we don't. But you know, it's the shoulder season. We're topic dry right now. Like what last week we talked about the new cannabis rules, yeah. and, and now it's whiskey and beer and wine and tequila and. <laughs> Paddling Adventures Radio is now going to be a, an alcohol and smoke and say, it's all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. That's what we're, we're just sort of phasing out the paddling thing. It was a phase. Rock and roll. Next week, we talk to Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Ozzy, what do you think of canoeing? Stay tuned. Two weeks, we have a, uh, a strip club <laughs> seminar going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <coughs> excuse me. That's uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Yes, we better cut it off we now better. before we get ourselves in trouble. Oh, we got a what? What do we drink this week? Oh, we had a couple more from Yukon Brewery. We had the yes. So we have the uh, Yukon Brewing Ice Fog. It's a strong decent. beer, yep. White Horse Yukon, six percent alcohol. This was the, that was a nice one. It was yep. a it was a maltier beer. It was a nice one. And then the Bonanza Brown from Yukon Brewery. That was strong. That was good. That was that was a nice. It was isn't an dark. IPA. This was was the light one. It was the no, ice. This was, this was the brown, the dark one. I thought we had the Bonanza Brown first. Second. Oh. I'm well, herping it, I guess. I guess it's it. the ice fog one that I liked. Yep. Yeah, and I like the bonanza brown. Yeah, it was it was it was very malty, yeah. but I liked them both. They're very nice. Yeah. Thanks, Yukon Steve. We're still drinking. Yes, it. thanks, Yukon <laughs> Steve. We we only drink it during recording. That's right. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to our Shows on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, and the Paddling Adventures Radio website has an episode page. Uh, all these places you can download and stream live uh, all our shows. 141 shows tonight. Woo-hoo. And uh, like I say, if you're on iTunes, drop a little, a uh, couple seconds there and give us a review or a star rating. We got, I think, 19 ratings now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll have to go check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's 17 five stars and two four stars. Aw. Yeah, they said Derek's the reason we got a four star. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> go read the review. <laughs> Derek's the reason. <laughs> he didn't bring enough beer. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you everybody for listening. And, oh, uh, before we go, yes. the 24th of November, they're selling oh, out. Oh, yes. The Winter Camping Symposium in Waterloo. Get yep. your tickets. And we will be there so you can come and see us live and in person. Woohoo. All righty. <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.